Our Father in heaven, we come before you at the foot of your throne and we are thanking you at this moment. Even the Bible and your word has said that we must be a people of holy communication and holy speakings and mannerisms. So we do want to uh, petition for your spirit and thank you for your sacrifice as we begin our talk. And we ask and pray all these necessary things in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Uh, we want to welcome everyone to the Brotherly Love Podcast, where a brother in life and a brother in Christ come together to talk about the teachings of the Bible that ultimately help us to reflect the image of the lovely Jesus, our Savior, and also our brother. So uh, we do thank you for joining us. This is podcast episode one, podcast number one. And believe it or not, the topic is brotherly love. So we have a, a specific format that we'd like to try to follow just so that uh, it can be clear and understandable and easy for people. And again, uh, our, our desire and goal is really just to discuss the teachings of the Bible. Uh, we may not always agree with others. Others may not agree with us. We may not even agree with one another on everything. And that's ultimately because we have different life experiences, uh, different understandings, different uh, just different things go into making us who we are. So uh, I think the beauty of brotherly love is in the fact that uh, if there's love there, then we have patience to listen to the other and to even consider what they're saying and to be even open minded to to know or to, I guess, discover maybe even that maybe an idea or understanding that I have uh, may be wrong. Whereas because I love my brother, I can actually listen to his words and uh, gain some understanding. So this is a really a learning experience um, for us uh, and hopefully for you as we uh, come together on this podcast. As I said, today we are looking at brotherly love. Uh, bro, what do you think are some of the foundational uh, ideas put forth uh, or some of the foundational, you can even say Bible verses, uh, that deal with brotherly love, this idea of loving a brother. What do you think? Uh, well, I will have to say um, dealing with brotherly love and loving a brother. Um, and a lot of times I see um, in the Bible, uh, even going in, in uh, at the beginning, we can go to the beginning um, as we open up our Bibles. We can go to Genesis chapter four. Uh, Genesis chapter four, a very, um, you know, prominent verse that we usually use when we deal with brothers and um, even the first brothers of the world. So um, we can go to Genesis chapter four and kind of see something here, which is interesting. I like that. I like that. And uh, all of you listening, it's uh, OK. And even. Uh, encourage. Take your Bibles. You know, let's hear some pages turning. Let's yes. let's get into the Bible. A lot of people don't actually sit down. They listen to sermons. They listen to preachers. But it's nothing like sitting down, opening this beautiful book, yes. and reading it for yourself. You know. Yes, I. You said Genesis. Genesis chapter four. I was uh, as soon as you said that, I thought about. Uh, Incorporating and like when I start teaching, incorporating 
the term draw your weapons, draw your swords. I like that. <laughs> so, you know, if you don't got your Bible, I don't know what's going to happen. You got to be ready to You got to be ready to fight the devil. So, draw your swords. Um So, we're in Genesis chapter 4. We're going to be looking at the first brothers um that the Bible um shares a story about. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 4, we will begin in verse 8. The Bible says, and this is uh, a lot of us know the story. This is just dealing with Cain and Abel. Um, Cain sought to bring a sacrifice that the Lord did not uh, stand behind, did not confirm that did not confirm was a uh, sacrifice that he had commanded to bring. Um, and his brother Abel bringing a, a worthy sacrifice, bringing uh, a, a beast, uh, as it were, or so to speak. And Abel uh, came bringing the fruit of the ground. So the Bible says in verse uh, eight, it says, and Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. So just looking here, we can see um, dealing with a brotherly love. We see the, the total opposite of brotherly love. And the question that we want to to seek to draw out in this talk um, of brotherly love, of what exactly is brotherly love from the Bible's perspe- perspective and Bible's view? What does the word of God say brotherly love should be? Well, from what we just read, just a few uh, verses that we read, it's showing that brotherly love is non-existent with these two brothers, at least with the brother that slew his other brother. It's non-existent, right? And uh, as if we read verse nine, the Bible goes on to say, and the Lord said unto Cain, Cain being the one who had hatred toward his brother, who slew his brother. It says, and the Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Now, bro, like when I'm looking at this, the Bible is when God asks Cain, where is Abel thy brother? In a, in a sense, or actually, he's act, he's asking him, where is the brotherly love? Or do you have brotherly love? And then Cain says, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper or am I supposed to have brotherly love with my brother? Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I think of? Um, I just think of the family relation. Um, I think of times where maybe, you know, back in the days where maybe one of your friends would maybe come to the house and they will ask me or ask one of us in the house, where is your brother? And it's, it's crazy to consider that because of the family relation, they believe you should know where your brother is. Yeah. You understand? Like they hold you. <laughs> yeah. They, you're obligated to know who your brother is. He has his own life. But when they come to that door, they're like. Hey, where is your brother? And yeah. you're like, I don't know. They, that's almost like surprise, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember that. Um, I, I remember, and even with uh, like friends, they're like, "Is is your brother here?" It's like. I don't I I don't know. Why are you asking me? Don't you got his number? You can call him and see if he's So it, it does show that um as as Cain says, Am I my brother's keeper? And the the question is obvious, but he says, I know not. So again, dealing with what God said, um, where is your brother or 
Where is the brotherly love? Do you have brotherly love? It seems the it seems as though that's what God was asking. Do you have brotherly love? And then he says, I know not. So like even point. in the sense um, in this this case is showing that he didn't know if he wanted to love or not. He says, I know not. And then God says um, in verse verse uh 10, he says, and what and he said, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. So now we see the life of the righteous brother crying. So brotherly love or the 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 non-existent brotherly love that Cain had toward his brother uh, led his brother to cry out unto the father. So it's almost as if uh, even times where we had, you know, as brothers growing up, where one brother would hurt another brother and then that brother will cry unto the to the father or the mother. And it will show that they didn't they didn't really or we didn't really love each other as we should because we wouldn't be hurting each other. Which I think is interesting, but go ahead, brother. I was just going to say that. Um. Uh, the points you're making, I can, I, I, I definitely understand them. And um, as you're explaining them, it's bringing so many other thoughts to my mind. Uh, one thing that you were saying when God, you know, comes to Cain saying, where's your brother? He's saying, where's your brotherly love? That is surely a practical way that we could, I guess you could say, probably deal with any, any relationship. You know, I think of, you know, outside of, uh, you know, just a general Relations like uh, father, son, mother, daughter, mm-hmm. husband, wife, brother, sister, so on and so forth. Out of all the relationships, as far as God is concerned, because we are his children, you know, God is saying uh, that is your brother. So it, that brings me to even to the point to where now I, I understand I cannot just look at somebody who maybe doesn't like me yeah. as something different than a brother. Because like, for instance, there are times when we've even had disagreements and issues between one another, but it couldn't like the, the, the issue could not change the reality of the fact that you're my brother. You know yes, what I'm saying? Yes. So, man, it's just something that came to mind. Sorry. Yeah. So um, that's in what I, another point I wanted to draw before, you know, we want to hear. I, would, I do want to hear what you, um, you know, what some points that you see. Or what you believe brotherly love is. But I did want to say um, that oftentimes, as the Bible shares, um, God is able to see the end from the beginning. So this is definitely an important thing for us to, to look at and see that the two brothers, the first brothers that became in the world that God created, um, the situation between them two will be a situation in the end of time that will be uh, very uh, dominant in our world. It will be a, a situation where brotherly love is non-existent. The the Cain, the representative of Cain in the character of in the characters of those at the end of the world will be a character of non-existent brotherly love, which I think is very um Terrible to say the least. Man, for God to use that story in the end of time shows us that brotherly love is extremely important and that like God put that story there for us to never forget it. And yes. I think 
you know, uh, as I was saying earlier with this idea of being uh, of having an enemy, um, even if, uh, you know, as I said, your brother may do something bad. Mm -hmm. We probably never look at our, our sibling as an enemy. I'm sure there are cases where people may say, I hate this person or whatever. And because, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, for somebody to be an enemy, it, it stems from some type of hatred. Yeah. But it's like, no matter what you go through, there's nothing that can trump that relationship. And there's nothing, no matter what you can do, uh, that will change everyone else's view. So in other words, I, I can imagine if I'm upset with my brother and I do something bad to him. There's still, no matter what he has done, there is no explanation that you can give to, for instance, the parent. Where mm. the parent will say, oh, okay, I understand. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you yeah. hurt your brother, your parent, even still, your parent's going to say, but why did you do that to your brother? As if, you know what I'm saying? That relationship should mean so much more. So it's helping me to broaden my understanding just in general, because I think, as I said, we have disagreements mm-hmm. and it, it teaches me in the world. It's so easy to have a disagreement with a person. But if you have the view, this is my brother, the outcome can always be different. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it doesn't have to end with hatred because at the end of the day, that's my brother. And, you know, I've heard this with people in real life where, you know, the person has the, the, the sibling has done something terrible to them. But they were like, that's my brother or that's my sister. So it's like, even though I'm upset with them, I cannot change the relationship that binds me. And it's in many ways, you can say there's a certain love that kind of exists, even though we know it's earthly. Mm-hmm. There's still like a certain love that exists that doesn't allow them to go overboard where if it was just a regular human, they may actually hate them and try to harm them or, you know, something back can happen. The fact that they're a relative, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It kind of constrains them to kind of say, you know what, but that's my sister or that's my brother. There's a certain line that I cannot cross because of that relationship. And I think that is something that we that should stand out in our mind, even as we read these stories, because we are all the children of God. Mm. God is saying there's a certain line you should never cross. And we have an example of here. Cain literally crossed that line. You know, mm. if we go, we can, we can, we can surely go further. Even though we're not dealing with hatred per se today, yeah. Uh, the fact that we're dealing with brotherly love, hatred is kind of brought into it because the opposite of love is hate. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. So I, 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 I do like this example um, of Cain and Abel, and it's it's baffling to me, man. Like just from the beginning of the Bible, man. And you know, as far as my life is concerned. I cannot agree that Abel did something so bad that he should have been killed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but <laughs> that he deserved but, death for it, huh? I know, right? But but I do. I have seen in life, and I can probably even say for myself, I've probably experienced in life, experienced it in life where you maybe the sibling has done something so bad to where it gets angry. Like I, I don't think we've ever had like a sibling rivalry. Yeah. In our, among in our family so much but i've seen it before where and it's very hard for people like the parents maybe because of favoritism or something else but the kids are like competing to the death man i've yeah. seen it before and it may be someone who who's listening to the podcast who has dealt with that before and uh i i don't speak of it lightly but i do consider that god i think god gives us these examples of in the bible or this example in the bible to show us that no matter how terrible it may be, 
he still requires us to love one another. You know Indeed. what I'm saying? Yes. Like no matter what it is, God is saying, even though it's that bad, there's still capacity to love them because of the relationship, you know, and also because of considering what he thinks. Like for me, a lot of issues I can say probably have been resolved because I don't want my parents to look <laughs> at it and say, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, why are you treating your brother like that? Like, yeah. No matter what, your parents are going to say, that's your brother, though. Yeah. <laughs> you should be able to forgive him. You know, so I'm thinking of it from the perspective of God now. And I'm saying, you know what? No matter who it is in the world, no matter what views they have, no matter what, I have to always consider my father in heaven and what he thinks about how I'm treating my brother. You know, I think that's a lot of what God wants to kind of illustrate. I do want to share one text. Please do. Before uh, you, uh, uh, were you going to give that memory verse on brotherly love for us today? Uh, yeah, um, I can. I can give one after after you share. We'll, okay. We will be taking a break um, in a little bit, so I'll, I'll let you share. Okay, I want to go to First John. As I consider brotherly love, these are some of the verses that stick out to my mind the most as I consider brotherly love. And I think they're so practical, you know, Uh, I I love Bible verses that are practical, that are clear, like no matter what a person says, you can't kind of you can't twist it or turn it to make it say anything else. Like you read it and it's like, okay, that's clear. You you read this to a kid and they would even understand it. So I want to go to first John. And I want to go to First John. There's two places in First John. I'll share one now, and then after the break, I guess I'll re- I'll return to another one. Uh, but First John four, First John four, and I'm going to start in verse 19. First John four and verse 19, and I'm going to read here. And the Bible reads here, First John four and verse 19. It says in verse 19, it says, we love him because he first loved us. Mm. Now, if we apply this to how brotherly love works, those in trouble. Because I already know how it works for the most part in, in the world. If you treat me bad, then that means I have permission to treat you bad. That's how anger works. That's how fights happen. <laughs> yeah, that's- it's like if you hit me, then I have the right <laughs> to hit you. But as I look at the word of God, God says, I operate on different principles and I want you to consider how things should work because it doesn't work based on how I feel. I can't let things because usually that's how our relationships work. Mm -hmm. I respond based on how I feel. You respond based on how you feel. And we justify ourselves. We say, if you didn't do this, then I wouldn't do this. And if you didn't do that, I wouldn't do that. That's how we kind of justify it. But God shows how love works totally different. Mm. Love, according to God, he says, we love him because he first loved us. This is speaking of Christ, of course, or speaking of God. God is love. But he's showing that first I'm going to show love. I'm not going to show anger. I'm not going to show hatred. And that is no matter what you do, I'm always going to show love first. So it teaches me that in my experiences that, listen, man, if somebody does something bad to me, instead of responding to anger, my first thought has to be show love first. Ah, yes. And I I know it's not easy because I'm human. I've, I've lived in this world. Man, listen, I, when people do things to me, the first I'm hurt automatically. Mm-hmm. 
that's the first part. You know, you when you recognize somebody crossed you, it's like, man, I, that's messed up. Why would you do that to me? I can't believe that. And, and you know, we talk to ourselves, so so much is going on in our minds. But I, I, I wanna, I, I, I'm understanding now that the conversation that should take place in my mind is a conversation of me surrendering to God, saying, I must love first, I must love first, versus, okay, you want to do that? Okay, you did this, or you took advantage of this, or whatever the case may be, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. So the conversation I see in the mind, it changes, and it makes me think of, as you were bringing out Cain, can you imagine what the conversation in his mind was? Man, you know, when he, when, when, when Abel... Uh, uh, made the sacrifice according to God I already know because I'm human yeah. I already know Cain, he's sitting there thinking Oh, this brother trying to show out He's trying to, <laughs> he trying to do it better than You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I already know how that goes We it's do like, it every day oh, Okay, Man, we do it every day So I'm seeing that God wants us to have a different conversation In our mind yeah. Where our first response is love, love, love. And I know it's not natural because, and that's why I say it's not easy. But let me go ahead and finish reading these verses so we can uh, get to this break. It says, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. Now, that's a bold statement. Mm. If a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. So God says, listen. Your relationship to one another is directly connected to your relationship with me. Uh. Now, the, as I listen to that, it's, I make it practical. I say, okay, let me make it, let me bring it down to my level in the sense of what will affect my heart directly. I think about my daughters. You have daughters too. We both have two little girls. So what if, what if the reality of our relationship with our little girls was affected by other people. In other words, if I hated a coworker, that means I have to hate my daughters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that would be or terrible. Or if I hated this guy who crossed me off on the freeway, I have to treat my daughters the same way. I would say, no, I can't do it because of the love that I have for them. And it teaches me that, wait a minute, do I have to love this person the same way? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This this person who just crossed me, and it, 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 again, if I bring it back to my daughters, you having daughters, we, you and I both know they do things all the time that cross us. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They do things <laughs> all the time that are against what we say, that put themselves in danger, yeah. maybe put us in danger. I mean, they do so many things. As children, and we let but it we go. treat them a different way. Yeah, yeah we, we we looked at them. Uh, we look at them differently, and we also consider who they are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's a it's a love that uh, that motivates the relationship. So we look at what they do totally different, and it teaches me that man, love does is often not my, the motive behind my relationships with other people. Man, I need to have the same love, a greater love, because. The love that I have is not the love that I have between me and my daughters. It's actually the love that I have between me and God who has done so much more. You know what I'm saying? Yes, that is true. Let me finish. Let me finish reading this verse. It says, uh, if a man say I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God? Whom he hath not seen, and this is the commandment have we from him that he who loveth God love his brother also. So God, He gives uh, what they used to call in science class a litmus test. You know, you have a clear liquid. You cannot tell what's in that <laughs> liquid, but they give you a little litmus paper, and once you dip that paper in, 
based on the color, it will tell you the chemical or the the the, the component the or whatever that's in there. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I see God gives us a litmus test, as it were, or a love test with our brothers, and He says, "Listen, I mean, just consider, bro, as we're going out in our about our daily business." Uh, somebody who does something wrong to us is really just a, a test, a love test. Yeah. I can't look at it as, man, this person just trying to kill me or hurt me or whatever. I have to really say, you know what? This is a test for my love. And then approach it like, man, I'm going to pass this test. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's one of the thoughts that comes to my mind. This is one of my favorite Bible verses that deal with brotherly love, you know? Yes. Well, we're going to be taking a short break. We thank everyone for listening in to the podcast, the Brotherly Love Podcast. But before we take a break, we want to give you a short memory verse. Uh, This memory verse will be for you to uh, secure in your mind um, as we seek to have a better brotherly love towards one another. And the memory verse is found in Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, and the verse will be verse 37. Verse 37. Verse 37. Okay. So, our memory verse for today is Matthew 22, verse 37, and it begins with our Lord and Savior Jesus. It says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is our memory verse for today's podcast, and we will be taking a short break. We thank you for listening, and we pray that you will remain with us for our second half of our listening and talk. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another. our desire to put forth our own opinions per se, but rather 
that the truth would be exalted and that people would understand and know you better such that they can be sanctified by these very truths that we are discussing even today. May you bless your people uh, to be productive and encouraged even this day we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome back to the Brotherly Love Podcast, where a brother in life and a brother in Christ come together to talk about the teachings of the Bible that ultimately help us to reflect the image of the lovely Jesus and our Savior and brother. Uh, brother, you were speaking on 1 John 4 uh, when we, uh, before we took our break. And you were dealing with um, being a liar or having not having love in your heart, um, that being a sign that you are a liar, uh, saying that you love God and showing something otherwise. That is correct. Um, yeah, man, I, 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 I don't think it's a point that we should overlook. And before we. Uh, go back into that. We do always want to take some time to acknowledge uh, those who sponsor our podcast and also bring light to uh, a ministry that may have caught our attention that we would encourage others to look into uh, so that they can be encouraged and blessed by their service. Uh, you mind sharing sharing on that? Sure. This episode of our podcast is sponsored by Worducation. Worducation. And you can go and find Worducation on uh, uh, various uh, internet services such as YouTube and Facebook. If you go on YouTube, you can type in Worducation and find multiple videos discussing and dealing with uh, different sermons of the Bible, different things uh, that pertains to our daily lives and our Christian experience. Um, that is Worducation again, just like education. And it is education from the Word of God. We also have a spotlight that we want to share. Uh, the spotlight ministry for today's podcast is entitled The Maidens of Messiah. Maidens of Messiah. Two young girls in Christ, uh, six and seven. Uh, and their ministry is a very powerful ministry. They've been uh, doing a lot of singing, uh, a lot of singing for the Lord and showing their uh, desire to want to be closer to God in service. And as we see in the Bible, a lot of times singing is something that is to help us in our daily lives to conquer the enemy. Uh, you if you have a song in your heart, you're better prepared to remember the promises of God. So we want to uh, share our sponsor, uh, Worducation, and also our spotlight, Maidens of Messiah, at this time. Really appreciate it, man. I, um, I've i definitely been blessed by their ministry, and I'm always encouraged to see young people uh, with the boldness of Christ, uh, you know, just go before Christ and sing, and the, the innocency of those type of uh, ministries always strike me. Um, I, 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 I say for myself, man, they go and they do it because it is right. They don't consider uh, necessarily the consequences or who's looking, who's not looking. It's just, I want to sing for God. I want to represent God and they go for it. So it's such a, such a blessing to consider them and to be, even be encouraged by a young person's example. Uh, as humans, man, we, 
have so many uh, there's so many hindrances to why we do things, uh, whether good or uh, well, generally for good, hopefully. But I'm just saying there's so many things uh, revolving around why we do what we do uh, to be able to have a clear conscience and just go forth for Christ is always a blessing to see. So, again, man, I, I encourage anybody to check out and really look into the maidens of Messiah. Uh, I know that they sing uh, and they serve in uh, and they are willing to serve uh, uh, churches, ministries, so on and so forth. So something to consider. And we do, again, thank Education for sponsoring our podcast. Uh, just before we went into break, as you mentioned, yes, I was dealing with First John chapter four. Uh, the verse that simply ties together our relationship uh, to God with our relationship to man. And it's something that, uh, as I mentioned before, it's, a, it's not a point that should be easily overlooked. Um, I think of all the uh, maybe you could say difficulties that exist in churches where there are conflicts between people. And I think this is just forgotten, man. Like definitely, uh, the fact that we can, uh, say that we love God boldly and then treat someone else terribly. Um, it is shameful. Uh, I'm ashamed even uh, considering it because I know that I've had times where I was unwilling to let things go and I took things personal. And I this just wasn't my thought to consider God in these uh, situations. Um, before we get away from First John, I would like to uh, share one more text in First John, but in the ch- previous chapter, First John chapter three. First um, John chapter three. We focus. We've been focusing in on brotherly love in this podcast, and just looking at uh, a couple. Uh, I guess you could say examples that kind of illustrate uh, a good example and bad, bad examples that illustrate brotherly love or even the lack thereof. Um, I want to go ahead and uh, use this text. At this present time in first John chapter three and verse 18, uh, verse 13 through 18, first John chapter three, verses 13 through 18. And it simply reads, it says, marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you now that alone for me, I, these are texts that when I hear them, I mean, I just have to be honest, man. These are things that kind of make me cringe, you know, because uh, it's almost uh, uh, letting you know that there's going to come a time where you're going to be hated. And, you know, as we know, uh, uh, you could probably say for all of us, we spend a lot of time trying to make peace uh, for the most part, I assume, you know, and not wanting to be hated. It's terrible being hated, you know? Yeah. Um, it says, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. I think that's very profound. Uh, it says that, we can have a specific knowledge because of our experience. So it, it shows a correlation between two things. And this is uh, just generally in the Christian experience based upon what is happening in your life. It should reveal to you a specific reality. So here is saying uh, you loving others is evidence that you have passed from death unto life, which lets us know that even though one may die in this earth, re- eternal life has been granted. The goal of God, 
to give us eternal life has been granted and even accepted. And the evidence of that is not necessarily eternal life after Jesus comes. The evidence that you will live forever is the fact that you have love for your brother. So I think that's a, a beautiful reality to be able to now have evidence. And the evidence is not eternal life itself. The evidence is the love of God abiding in your heart. So I mean, we should be motivated to love people. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's a like, powerful, powerful um, analogy. Um, it, man, it shows I, that our minds are focused toward uh, receiving a reward entirely. It's not so much that we should, you know, uh, love one another to receive that reward. And the reward itself is a good thing, but it shouldn't be our entire focus to the point where we forget that we have another thing that we have to um take part in, which is loving one another. Man, true statement. I'm going to go ahead and finish reading this verse. It says, he that loveth not his brother abideth or liveth in death. Wow. Think about that. (laughs) (laughs) If I don't love my brother, I live in death. That's terrible. It goes, I'm sorry, did I cut you off? No, I was just saying that's very bad. I mean, it's terrible. To, to, that reality in itself is like, I, I don't even know how that exists. But it says in verse 15, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. So do you see what what's happening here? Yes. He's using the same reasoning from the previous verse, and he's applying it in the next verse. And he's saying, listen, again, based upon what you do, you can have a knowledge of a certain reality. You can understand something about yourself. Just like if you have love for your brother, you can understand the the exchange of your your evil life for the life of Christ and the eternal life that you gain as a benefit of exchanging that life. But just as there's a benefit or a good way to do things, as we know, there's a bad way to do things. And he says, if right now you don't have love of your brother, you don't have that eternal life granted to you. If instead there's hate in your heart. Mm. Look what happens. He says, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and we know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. So God says right now, if you hate your brother, you can know that eternal life will not be your future. (laughs) That's tough. It says, hereby, as a result of that reality, it says, perceive we the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So he makes it very clear how to avoid this experience of hatred. And he says, the experience of hatred is easily uh, handled by you laying down your life. And it shows us the reason why we hate our brother is because somewhere they are blocking our desire or they're blocking our life. So uh, to avoid hating our brother, you have to lay down your life. If you don't lay down your life, there's going to be some disappointment, some conflict, some issue that's going to cause hate to arise in the heart. Therefore, God says, don't even try to fight that battle. Just lay that life down for your brother and you can avoid the hatred you can avoid the issue. You can avoid losing eternal life. You can be in a beneficial position, as it were. I see that. It's, it's, it uh, brings to mind the fact that um, 
all of the things that were given, the, all of the things that God is saying, as you just said, are things that we don't uh, we don't see it. Uh, the proper term would be easier said than done. I guess that will be what we would see it as. It's easier said than done. And with our lives, we can see. And as the term is easier said, what you're saying is the word is easier than doing the word. So it's like you're saying it's easier said than done. What's easier said than done? The word, what you're saying I should do. So how we look at it is very perverted because of the our fallen state. We see things that God says is easy because he's telling us we can do it and giving us power by commanding it by his word. But we will say it's easier said than done. Or you saying that it's too hard for me to see what you're saying uh, or to see that I have power in what you're saying. Mm, man, no, thank you for sharing that. This last part, I'll read this last part of the verse. It says in verse 17, and this is, uh, although I love this verse, I really, this part to me is just so practical in verse 17, where it says, but whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Hmm. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So as you said, <laughs> that, that, that concept of easier said than done, God says, yes, real easy to say something. In this case, right? <laughs> yeah. But to do it. Yeah, to literally show it. So uh, I think that the, I think that really, uh, I guess you could say, uh, magnifies the life of Christ because he lived and he was the word. So it's like it, it ties those two concepts together of uh, being easier said than done. Christ is saying uh, not only will it be said, but it will be done. And it's like what makes it e- what makes it easy is when you do it. <laughs> what makes it hard. Is when you don't do it. So when we say it's easier said than done, uh, that's basically saying uh, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, if that makes sense. But nevertheless, I really love these verses. And I think they really challenge us to sit back and reconsider our Christian experience. He started off with saying, marvel not or don't be surprised if the word world hates you. So him letting us know that we should not be surprised that the world will hate us is also letting us know, hey, you better have the love of God. Mm. You better have that love because if it just so happens that the world hates you and you don't have that love, you will be a murderer at that point. Mm. It so ties it's, right it's back. Bringing, it, it's a full circle. I'm sorry, what'd you say? It ties right back, full circle. Man, yeah, so... I'm just very grateful for these verses, man. I wanted to go and look in First uh, Thessalonians. Is there's something there in First Thessalonians that it, it gives us a a deeper um, understanding as to the pertaining of the verses that we've been reading today in our podcast. First uh, Thessalonians, we will go to chapter four. First Thessalonians chapter four, and it shows that we have a work to do. We have a a proper work. Um, We shouldn't be slouching or slacking at the moment with our love. We should be loving 
our brother and loving our neighbor as it were as it for as ourselves. So the Bible says in first Thessalonians chapter four, it says in verse nine, but as touching, yes, verse nine, but as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. So we begin to see how brotherly love uh, how it should work in our lives. We want to uh, at least try to bring out a few points that we can have practical godliness or that we can practice um, brotherly love uh, between ourselves. And this verse is saying, as touching that brotherly love, it says that we don't need for any other writings to be done or any other writings to be uh, written because uh, what was written in the past was written for our admonition. So even if it's written in the future, it will be that of the past. It will be the same thing that God wrote unto us in the past by his holy prophets. And it says at the end, it says, for ye yourselves are taught of God. So it says it didn't even mention the prophets. It says ye yourselves are taught of God. And we know the Bible discusses the fact that all the holy prophets were led by God in their writings. The holy prophets uh, or the prophets were were inspired by God. So the Bible here even clarifies that it says ye are taught of God to love one another. It doesn't say ye are taught of Moses or ye are taught of, you know, Adam or Enoch or even though they did teach us by their writings and they were led by the Holy Spirit or they were inspired to write those things by God, which is who is our teacher. And it shows us that our brotherly love has to be something that is drawn out from God himself. It can be I'm showing brotherly love because my brother shows me brotherly love. It should be I'm showing brotherly love because God showed me brotherly love. And this was one of the verses that you shared in the beginning that the only reason that we are capable of showing love is because God first loved us. That's the only reason we can show love. Yes, we cannot get it from each other. We're sinners. We've we've fallen into a sunken state. And the only thing that we know of ourselves is hatred. The only thing we know of ourselves is a Cain condition. But here God is trying to show us something other than hatred, which is love. Let's go to uh, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. It's very um, interesting to see that God time and time uses brotherly love as a means of us conquering hatred, a means of us conquering ourselves. And we see uh, often the fact that uh, Lucifer is, you know, he's over and over seen as the, the lion and seen as someone who wants to destroy our adversary, right? You're, you're own, the only person that will be an adversary to you is an enemy, someone who hates you. And it, uh, as we see the love of Christ, we, we are able to see the, the, the counteraction to the adversary in the love of Jesus. But in Romans chapter 12, we will be looking in verse nine, Romans chapter so twelve. Yes, Romans chapter twelve, verse nine. Of overcoming love, overcoming hatred with love, man. That's beautiful. 
Indeed. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse nine, let love be without dissimulation. This word dissimulation is basically hypocrisy and even tying together the fact that Cain slew his brother at some point. He had to have loved his brother, right? Had to have seen a newborn come into the world and said, you know, have some sort of love for his brother. They even talked together before he slew him. But it says, let love be without hypocrisy. Don't show that or don't profess that you love someone or love your brother and then slay your brother with hatred. It says, abhor that which is evil. We're beginning to see some practical godliness, some practical ways to have brotherly love at this moment. It says, abhor that which is evil. Why does it say abhor that which is evil or hate that which is evil? Because evil shouldn't be your brother. Evil shouldn't be something that you love. Evil shouldn't be clinging to you as a family member. It says, hate evil, not your brother. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. And then it goes on to say, in honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business. Now, bro, I look at this verse and it says not slothful in business. And then we think about when Jesus was in the temple with his his father and his mother or when his father and his mother came. And what did he say about business? Right? He said, uh, know ye not that I must be about my father's business. And what he basically was saying was, know ye not that I must love my neighbor as myself. Right. Your neighbor is your brother as well. And we see Christ in the temple teaching those who were. Uh, his neighbor or his brothers, right? Trying to teach him them about the love of God or about their father in heaven. It goes on to say fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. So serving the Lord is, can be seen as the ultimate issue. And this, this can tie back to the commandments as well. Serving the Lord. Uh, there's a verse in the Bible that discusses the fact that what you do unto your brother or unto your neighbor or anyone in the world is what you do unto God. So yeah. serving the Lord is the, the total issue. We should be serving the Lord. And by serving one another, we're serving the Lord or as we love each other enough that we would like to serve them as a servant in the Lord's kingdom then we are showing them love, which is definitely I, a beautiful picture. Yeah, I wanted to, uh, the verse you were just reading in verse nine, the thought comes to my mind for maybe a listener who may say, well, what do I do? You talked about, you know, this dissimulation issue and maybe professing a love and not really having love. But what do I do then? If I don't, I just don't love this person. I just don't like this person. And I think this is maybe common for, you know, a lot of us. Uh, we feel that God is asking us to and express an emotion that's not genuine. And mm. I bring it up because I think that's, uh, you know, a big mistake that we make, unfortunately. And that is, and you are, you are bringing this out in a way. That is that we look at love as an emotion versus a principle of action. Oh, you know what I mean? And like, for instance, 
we often refer to the text in in John three where it says God so loved the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you'll notice after when God when the Bible says for God so loved the world, it doesn't say and for God so loved the world that He felt love in His heart towards men. Mm. It says God so loved the world that He did something. So uh, the love of the world and the love of God are are, are different in many ways. Human love is often very emotional. It's very emotions-based, feelings-based. And this is where I think people have that issue because they're like, I don't feel. But it's like you don't have to deal or even address feelings because love has to do with what you do and how you respond, you know, in your ways towards another person. So, uh, you know, God can deal with the feelings just because feelings are tied to our thoughts. So really, that's just a thought process. But again, the issue of what do you do is what you what should come to the surface of that understanding so that we're not confused. So a person is not burdened with this idea of, well, God's telling me to love him, but I don't feel like love. You don't have to feel like love. You just have to do love. Let us not love in word, which is usually the emotional based type of love, but let us love indeed. So God is. He teaches us, as you said, how to love. The verse 10 that you brought out here, be kindly affection one toward another with brotherly love in honor, prefer one another. That is addressing what you do, how you are, like what is happening in your, uh, I guess you could say, in your character and your actions that reveal love, like love has to be shown. Uh, as far as God is concerned, one way, one main way love is shown is through giving, mm-hmm. whether it may be time or effort or, you know, whatever the case may be. God makes it clear that love is a principle of action. So I think it's important to bring that to the to view as we compare the two. So people aren't confused and people are not almost discouraged because they're like, I just don't feel it. It's okay if you don't feel it, but what are you going to do? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what is going to be your action? You may be upset and angry with uh, something that they've done, but God says, love them. God says, serve them. God says, help them. I, I think of uh, 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 an example where somebody may do something wrong to you that harms you, uh, whether financially or physically. And then right after that, they ask for your help. The feelings are going to be, I don't want to help you, man, because you took advantage or you did this. But if you have the ability to help them, then now you are literally showing love and you don't even have to worry about how you feel. You can actually feel thankful that you have the ability to actually help them and that Christ, because remember the verse we read, Uh you can also have happiness and joy knowing that in you right now loving your brother it is an evidence that eternal life has been granted to you man that's a powerful promise (laughs) man that's a powerful promise and i'm like you know what i want that evidence god is like well love your brother actively loving my brother it's just a confirmation over and over again that you know eternal life is yours, right? Hey, by the way, do you know you're going to have eternal life? That's really what the, the experience represents. Yeah. If we would just and by, keep it in front of our faces and our minds. I know. <laughs> Man, tell me about it. Tell me about it. So we're going to be looking at 
our last verse before we uh, end this podcast. We thank you all for listening and for tuning in with us. Uh, you can really definitely uh, follow us uh, in our uh, endeavors. Uh, we will be posting uh, different links uh, sooner than later. Uh, but we'll keep you updated. We just want to thank you for your time and your ears. But in our last verse for uh, this podcast, we will be looking in Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13. Yes. Hebrews chapter 13. Um, very interesting topic to say the least. Brotherly love and the different means that we are to take in order to uh, show brotherly love unto one another. Um, it's one thing to say you have love, but it's another thing to say it and to do it. Um, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse one, it says, let brotherly love continue. God has a desire that the brotherly love that we should share with one another. And this is our sisters are included in this. Right. We don't we're not just talking about uh, men only. We're discussing family members, brotherly love. It says, let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. Now, why would God bring in strangers into this? We're talking about the family, aren't we, God? Why are you saying strangers not to for, not to forget to entertain strangers when we're dealing with family? Well, God says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. So God is showing here that it's not enough for you to just entertain family your brothers, your your lifeline, right? Your your blood, flesh and blood, we will say. It's not enough. You have to treat strangers as your lifeline or strangers as blood. Treat them like a brother. Treat them like a sister. Why? Why do you want me to treat strangers that way? Well, God says, you don't know who that stranger is. You don't know if that stranger is the angel that's recording you. <laughs> I mean, this angel that you are entertaining unawares can be the angel that will go right back to heaven with a report. Right. So God says, treat everyone like they're your family member, because the angels in heaven are definitely definitely seeking for us to be family members with them. So if one comes down and then, uh, uh, you are entertaining them, then the report that goes back to heaven will be of a family report. Oh, you, your brother or your son is your sons and daughters are very well. I just went to, uh, you know, hang out with them. They treated me very nicely as they would if they were in your presence. So it shows us that we shouldn't just allow ourselves to be uh, boxed in in our family. We should go out to, as the Bible says, all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people with a gospel message. This gospel message is a message of brotherly love. Entirely brotherly love. Why? Why do you say that it's a message of brotherly love? Well, the Bible shares that God gave a brother unto us. Jesus was made flesh. Jesus was made flesh and he was given to us as a verse was shared. 
John 3, right? For God so loved the world or for God so loved the people that he seen as family, even though we we turned our backs on our father in heaven, he still seen us as family enemies. Right. He says, I'm going to give them another brother. But this brother will be the one that will bring them back to me. So, brothers and sisters, we thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast. This is episode one. Again, the title was Brotherly Love, and we pray that you will continue to uh, join in and listen in. Uh, We will be continuing with more episodes and more topics. So we thank you so much and uh, ask that you will please join us again as we share a word of prayer and close our podcast. Our Father in heaven. We come before you at the foot of your throne and we thank you for what was uh, brought out today for the message of brotherly love. We've seen a few times that brotherly love is not just a say type of experience where you can say, I love my brother or I love this person or that person. But it is something that has to be done by principle. You gave the principle of brotherly love or to love everyone as you would love yourself. And by this, you will entirely be living like a family member of heaven. We thank you for showing us the fact that Jesus Christ, being our high priest and even our elder brother, is someone who we should uh, cater ourselves after or be like unto And the message that you have given in your word of how hatred is the thing which is killing our family members off in this world. Hatred, us treating others with uh, disregard is something that has separated us from our true family, which is in heaven. And even in the first example that was given in this podcast, we see that it only takes the carnal mind, one thought for us to treat someone with hatred. We want to be those who treat others and treat family members, those who are our neighbors and even strangers who we may entertain unawares as family and as uh, brothers, serving them with brotherly love. We choose to do this even now, even at this time. But we ask for your spirit and we ask for your love and your grace, even your son's example to be before us and us even imprinted in our minds that we may follow after his footsteps. And as we close, we just want to again say that we are grateful for the sacrifice that you gave to us. And we are grateful that you gave us another brother to show us this brotherly love. We pray and ask all of these things, even that you would forgive us for not having brotherly love toward one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you again, everyone, for uh, joining us in our bottom podcast. Our bottom line is simply that we would love one another, even loving our enemies as our brother and letting us as God says let us love in word pardon me in not in word but in deed so may you be encouraged may you apply these things to your life 
and may you join us the next time we come together on the Brotherly Love Podcast. God bless. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another.